the animation podcast, September 5th, 2005. Go infinity! What's this? Go! Meet me! That's it! Jumbo! Go! Walk on the eyes of Eastman! Hey everybody, this is Clay. Welcome to show number six of the Animation Podcast. In case this is your first time listening, let me give you a little backstory of what the Animation Podcast is all about. I'm an animator, and as a hobby I decided to start interviewing the people in animation that I admire, and I saw podcasting as a great opportunity for me to share those interviews with you. Show number six will be part three of the Nick Ranieri series. Some of the characters Nick has supervised are Lumiere, Miko, Hades, and Cusco. And now he's made the transition to digital animation with Chicken Little. So when we left off with part two, Nick talked about getting hired onto Roger Rabbit. In part three, Nick takes us through his experiences on that production. I think my very first scene was actually a scene that's in the DVD now, but it was um, uh, Eddie Valiant with a pig head on. He was outside of the the tunnel. He was running away going, ah, I got tuna ruined or whatever he said. Mm -hmm. And he's this huge pig head on him and he was running off. So I was in between on that scene. Uh And then I got upgraded. They they, um, transferred me to to props. Oh. (laughs) And so the head of props and things, uh, animator, was a guy named David Brown. And uh, so I was working with uh, doing, you know, like the guy pulls out the mallet. And the um, the 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 fist, uh, yeah. the boxing glove mallet, yeah. uh, worked on that. It was really interesting too because this is one of this is where the uh, TV animation uh, stuff came in handy because they had this one scene where they were pulling the mallet out and the guy was holding it and it was quivering. Yeah, and they couldn't fix it and they couldn't fix it and they couldn't fix it and and it has to be drawn cleaner. It has to be cleaner. It's quivering. It's quivering. It's quivering. So we went. They went over it like three or four times, and they said, "Nick, why don't you take a crack at it?" And I looked at it and I said, "Well, why are you doing this? You're trying to redraw it every time. Why don't you just Xerox it and move it around until it starts changing perspective?" Mm-hmm. So we went in and I, and I Xeroxed a whole bunch of the mallets there, and we I pasted them, you know. Yeah. And they used that, and it worked. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, that was a hard shot. I remember because he came out so slow. Yeah. Right. Well, that wasn't the worst shot. The worst shot was. A, Guy named Alan Alan Stimson, oh, poor guy. He spent two months on this stupid purse, uh, Jessica's purse, opening up and seeing a gun in it and all uh-huh. this. Um, or they took the gun out or something. I don't know, but it took them two months and then they finally cut it oh. because he kept saying it's wiggling, it's wiggling, it's wiggling. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that, that was that was oh, that was terrible. I worked on that stuff and, and then you know David sat right behind me and he uh, he was doing. Um, at the time, I didn't know uh, what it was called, but it was basically glorified in-betweening. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Williams would uh, pose out all the Baby Herman stuff and give it to different trainee animators to flesh it out mm-hmm. using his uh, keys uh, as, you know, Bible, basically. You, yeah. you, did, that's, you, know, you didn't mess with those. You tried to make those keys work. So um, I didn't know that at the time. I just thought he was giving him 
stuff. I, you'll find out about that much later. Uh, what happened with that? But David was trying to work, make all this stuff work, and uh, he was sweating over it. And he would pass the stuff off to me, and I would be his cleanup on it. So I wasn't mm-hmm. doing props. I was happy just to be, you know, cleaning up a, a character. Right. And so I was cleaning up, and I was beating him. You know, he was trying to animate, and I was running out of work because I was faster with my cleanup than he was wow. animating. That's odd. <laughs> yeah, but but the the keys, I would be in between. I wouldn't be cleaning up mm-hmm. keys. Okay. I would just he would do the cleanup on his keys, and then I would be in between them. Mm-hmm. And so he shoot it. He shot it all out. Took it up to Dick. Showed it to him. And then Dick took him into his office and spent like probably like seven hours in the office going over his drawings, going over his animation, and working with him. You know, in a positive way. You know, you know, it was, it was, yeah, it was <laughs> yeah. a positive. He yeah. was, he was training. He liked David a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was training him, and Dave actually was an in betweener at his commercial house, so mm-hmm. they were. He knew him for a while, and then, and I got this information from Richard Williams. You know, from Dick Williams later. Mm-hmm. At a certain point. They started talking about people, you know, and he said, uh, well, let me back up for a bit. Uh, while I was down there, um, I got David to look at my reel and he watched the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he thought, you know, some of the later stuff was pretty good because yeah. I actually had with the Obelix and a commercial I did in Toronto uh, with uh, Sugar Bear uh, mm-hmm. for Sugar Crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them were live action animation combinations. And I had I had the uh, the characters interact with live actors and all that, so um, he looked at that stuff and he tried to get Simon Wells to look at it, and Simon Wells wasn't interested in looking at it, mm-hmm. you know, all that. So while he was up there for those six hours, he uh, he, he said, "You should really look at this guy's work because, uh, in all, all honesty, he's, he's better than I am," <laughs> which you know floored me because that was that's that's pretty yeah that's. That's a pretty humble thing to say, you know, yeah. when you're when yeah. you know you're trying to learn and you know there's talking to the director like that. That's yeah. that's that's pretty uh, gracious, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm working away. He runs down. He says, "Nick, do you still have your tape?" Because I was on the third floor and and the animators were on the fifth floor. So mm-hmm. he's running down the third floor. Do you still have your tape? And I said, "Yeah, here you go. Hand it to him." About 15 minutes later. He comes down. He goes, Nick, pack up your stuff. You're you just been promoted. Like, what? Oh, this is great. I couldn't believe it. So I finally met Dick Williams because at the time, you know, if you were a, anything less than an animator, he didn't really talk to you. <laughs> so anyway, I walked up, got into the uh, into the animation place there, and they set me up, and I met with Dick and all this, and he said, "Yeah, I saw your stuff, the, the live action animation stuff at the end uh, there. The, I don't remember seeing it before." <laughs> <laughs> oh really anyway so he says yeah uh, we're gonna start you on some baby herman stuff and i go oh great you know this is great so uh he set me up he set us all he introduced me to andreas uh chuck gamage and all these people that were around there and i got my stuff and moved up he handed me this one scene this baby herman looking at the valiant he's going i can pay you and that's just before he pushed the cart and rolled them over. Yeah. And I looked at and and here's your first scene. And he gave me these nice drawings, these pen, you know, pen and ink drawings. Really? Uh, Those are his uh, animation drawings for pen drawings? Yeah, they, he, he drew blue and then he, he cleaned them. He used a, um, uh, that type of thing. 
Oh, just a marker? Ballpoint? Yeah, marker. Yeah, ballpoint marker. Huh. And that's the way he draw. He cleaned them. He would sort of rough out the characters, and that's the that was his keys. And so I got them. And I looked at them and go, oh, those are nice. You know, you think, oh, they're layout drawings, right? You know, they're, they're not layout drawings, but they're poses. Mm-hmm. This is the size of the character. This is an idea of what he wants you to do. And, oh, okay. So I took them. I used them. Um, I didn't use them verbatim. I didn't clean them up or anything, but I used them as a reference and I animated it. Uh-huh. I animated the scene and I thought, oh, this is great. So I took it and I showed it to Dick. All of a sudden, these veins started forming on his head. And he started, and this was in the middle of the studio. Now, we, there were no offices in that studio. It was all open forum. The only one that had an office was Dick, Don Hahn, and Russell uh, because he was the head of Jessica and all that. Mm-hmm. And... So Dick starts screaming at me. What do you think you're doing? What do you, 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 you think you're changing my animation? What, what are you changing my work for? You're changing my keys. What do you think you, who do you think you are? You're put, pinning your, your small three years experience at school over my 35 years of experience. And everyone's, you know, the head's peeking out over the table. What do you think? And I'm just like sinking lower and, you know, think of, um, you know, the, the boss talking to Fred Flintstone and he's like getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Oh, man, it was the worst feeling in the world. I just, I was like, okay, okay. Uh, I didn't know. I yeah. thought they were, you know. I didn't. And so someone came after. I think uh, either Chuck or Andreas came by, and he says, yeah, you're, you weren't supposed to, like, disregard them. You're supposed to, like, those are the keys. You clean those mm-hmm. up. And, ah, well, who, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, did you know that many people there? No. And so you're just kind of the new guy getting yelled at and yeah. everyone's watching. <laughs> Pretty much, you know. <laughs> very yeah, it was it was a humbling experience and uh and so I just, you know, it was you walk on eggshells, you know. So basically I did I did that. I, I redid it using that those keys and uh it got passed and then I got I got uh, another one. I I think myself and Joe Hadar we split a, a one of the scenes of uh, him talking i can't even remember which one it's been so long mm-hmm. uh and then the one where he goes ah oh, my stogie well i did that one too and um so i did a, a bunch of glorified assistant work mm-hmm. on those and um and they all sort of went through and dick really liked them and and then i got my first uh roger rabbit scene they put me on the roger rabbit unit and and i uh i did a couple of uh shots and tried to you know i sort of turned him into a Warner Brothers character because I was so into Warner Brothers. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to ask you about that. Well, uh, honestly, the only reason I wanted, my main reason to work on Roger Rabbit because I heard the Warner Brothers characters were going to be in it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, what a great opportunity to work on the Warner Brothers characters yeah. because where do you, unless you want to work on those, you know, cheesy... Um, Fantastic Islander. Yeah, <laughs> ooh, those awful things, you know. Yeah. But... And this was a high quality production, and they were going back to the forties. You mm-hmm. know, it would be the old designs. Oh, this is cool! And so um, that's the only reason I went over. Mm-hmm. And I ended up not working on one Warner Brothers character. Uh, but you did the first Roger Rabbit shot, and well, my first the first Roger Rabbit shot I did was him on the bar uh, singing and dancing. Yeah. Then that part where he pulls him down off the bar and he's like a bungee cord. Mm-hmm. There was all my stuff in there. I really wanted to do the stuff where he's smashing the plate on his head, but oh no, Dick's like, well, you know, Nick, uh, you're just not there yet. You're not experienced, so we have to give that to somebody else. We can't give you a whole chunk in a row because that's not fair to the other animators who don't have chunks in a row and all. But, this. but they were happy with the work. Right? Yeah, they they yeah. they were. I, there's one scene um, that actually got cut that I was I really liked. It was. Uh, 
uh, what do you think I am, Quasimodo? And he's walking, and I have a you know uh-huh. shape, you know, shape of Quasimodo limping along the bar. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great. And I never saw the light of day because of the they, they edited it out, and, or that you can still hear him say the line, but it's not. Mm. Uh, it's I think it's exterior on the on the weasels. So yeah, I did uh, the bunch of those. Uh, tried to you know at that time I was really slow too. And uh, they said, well, maybe it would help if you got a cleanup artist. And I'm like, well, I kind of like to do my own cleanup, which is what I've always done. Mm-hmm. I, I've done all my own cleanup all the way up to that point. And, you know, you're always afraid you're going to lose the life out of it. And no one knows how you draw and all this stuff. Yeah. But I finally I decided, okay, if it's going to speed me up, great. So I picked Cal. And he was a cleanup. So he became basically my, my cleanup artist for, for Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. We, so that worked out really well because he did a really good job cleaning it up. He checked with me and, and eventually he just did a bang up job. And, yeah. and that was, that was a good um, working relationship there. And so I just started keep doing Roger Rabbit scenes. I didn't really get any of the other characters. I just stayed with Roger Rabbit. Then there was one day, uh, it was Halloween of course, they don't really celebrate that over there. But mm-hmm. uh, we had a screening of Roger Rabbit, and it was it was interesting because they had all temp music. They they uh, it was all in black and white, you know, um, because it was a really rough cut. And they shipped us out. You know, they they had this nice you know continental breakfast. They shipped all the animators and everybody who was working at the studio. They shipped it over this special theater, and they screened it. And Zemeckis was there, and you know, and. Uh, we watched it, and uh, uh, after we walked out, uh, I was walking next to Zemeckis, and I said, so, you know, Bob, what would you think of the response? And he goes, yeah, it's terrible. It was awful. It was terrible. And I said, well, Bob, you know, you you got to understand that, what is it, like October, and we're supposed to be done by uh, Memorial Day, the, the release is Memorial Day, and you saw how much animation was in that there was hardly any mm-hmm. and you're showing it to a bunch of people who are not enjoying the film per se as a film but all they're thinking of is oh you got what do we got like six months to do 50 minutes of animation yeah. in this with the camera moving and all these characters on ones on ones yeah. i mean everyone was just like how are we ever going to get this done you know he didn't really say much after that but yeah. You know, I'm sure that's what's going through a lot of people's minds. Mm-hmm. And the, the half the actors were gone anyway, so they were acting towards nothing. So it's kind of hard to feel how it's going to be. Yeah, it, it's it was it wasn't a very good screening, you know. But anyway, uh, I think after that they went and cut a whole bunch of stuff out. There was used to be a an old um, funeral sequence of of Marvin Acme mm-hmm. and all the characters. Was uh, that that done or? No, oh, good. no, it was it was it was really if Foghorn Leghorn was doing the eulogy, uh, Popeye was one of the pallbearers and things like that. Yeah. Of course, they couldn't get any of the rights to these characters, mm-hmm. the ones they really wanted, you know, Tom and Jerry, and a couple of those they couldn't get the rights to them. They yeah. the you know all the studios because oh it's it's you know Disney and Spielberg and all this stuff, so they just charged the teeth for oh, those, some of those. So they characters. were willing, but they just wanted a lot of money. Yeah, basically, I mean, it took them. I I can't remember the exact numbers, but it took a lot just to get Betty Boop. Mm. You know. But they wouldn't let but Popeye, Coco the Clown. It was like fifty thousand dollars. Something under that. <laughs> yeah, for the rights to some, you know, they wanted fifty thousand each for Tom and Jerry. I mean, maybe that's like nothing, uh, you know, nowadays. But at the time, they were yeah. like, it's one character. You know, we got to stay on budget. 
So Coco the Clown, they actually animated him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they didn't get the rights to him, they had to recolor him. You know, change his color and, and take <laughs> oh, so off. he's a normal clown now? Yeah, basically. Yeah. He's in the background of the earlier shots, but he's not, he's not Coco because they yeah. couldn't get the rights. Yeah. And all, so all that other, all those characters. Um, Warner Brothers were the only smart ones. Once they saw, saw the dailies right. and they saw the, the treatment, it, because originally they only approved six. Bugs, Daffy, Porky, uh, Roadrunner, and Coyote. Mm-hmm. There's one more. Yosemite yeah. Sam. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. My biscuits um, are burning. Right. Yeah. Um, so they only they said only six, and you can't use Bugs unless he has the exact same amount of screen time as Mickey Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that why that shot's in there like yeah. that? Yeah. So, so uh, it's uh, – but once they saw the dailies – this is what I hear. Once they saw the dailies, mm-hmm. they saw the treatment, and they said – obviously somebody was smart there and go, this is going to be a huge hit. Mm-hmm. And then they said, you can have any character you want. Anyone. Take, put, take them all. Wow. So they were the smart ones. Yeah. If yeah. the other ones had been smart, they would have said, take Tom and Jerry, take them all. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. But, you know, they weren't as smart. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's definitely a movie that I think reminding people that they love animation. You know, you yeah. see the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, those characters that I've forgotten about and totally brings them back. And so yeah. whoever didn't do that just missed the boat. Yeah. The only problem is, is that they, there was a lot of inner turmoil among the artists and the people. I mean, the the setting was 1947. And, there are some people there, oh, we have to do the Clampet bugs, not yeah. the Chuck Jones bugs, I and mean, all this stuff. It's like, it's 1947. Pick the bugs that was in 1947. Clampet was gone by then. Jones, McKimson, I don't care what. Just pick the bugs that was in 1947. Pick a 47 cartoon, and there's your bugs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All these people, oh, I hate Jones. Oh, I love Clampet. Oh, I hate Clampet. Oh, I love Jones. It's like, just... So but, there's all this, you know, arguments and stuff like that about that. But still, they uh, ended up... Opening the floodgates of Warner's. Um, uh, another another things I learned there, <laughs> Dick Williams. At one point, he uh, he would always say, you know, stick to the brief, stick to the brief. And uh, the brief was this little piece of paper that he would go and sit in with Zemeckis, and they would go through the rough footage, and Dick would do drawings of where the placement of the character is, and and Bobsy would would okay it, and um, that would be the sort of Bible for that sequence. Mm-hmm. And uh, then he'd give uh, Xeroxes of them to the animators when they got their scenes. And that's sort of how, what you're supposed to kind follow. Kind of like a one-man workbook. Basically, yeah. yeah. And Dick did all the drawings for those. And so we'd get our sequence or, or shot or whatever. Um, and the the Dick Williams drawings would come along with it. And he'd say, you know, stick to the brief. So there's this one scene where... Uh, uh, Roger Rabbit was running out and going, "Come on, Eddie, let's get out of here! Move it, pops! This is an express." And in the in his drawings, he was supposed to fall down the stairs. Um, now, in the dialogue, it didn't sound that way. All I heard was, "You know, come on, Eddie, let's get out of here! Move it, pops! This is an express." It didn't sound like he was falling, mm-hmm. and so I didn't know really how to handle it. And Dick had to fly to to um, to L.A. To check out Toontown. <laughs> Good setup. Okay. Well, you know, he, he gave me the scene, then he left. And I went to Andreas and I said, I don't know, what do you think I should do with this? I mean, uh, it doesn't really look like he's supposed to trip. I don't hear it in the sound. And Andreas goes, you know what? We, he's a rabbit, right? But we've never actually seen him hop. I think it would be good to make him hop. I said, 
hey, that's an idea, yeah. And so, uh, um, so I went back and I did all this animation. It was, you know, fluid and he hops down the stairs and spins and zips out. And I was really proud of myself. And it took me a week to do it. And well, yeah, yeah, it took me a week because I really I went on ones and everything, and mm-hmm. I did it really rough and all that. And Actually, no, it took me a couple of days to do it. And then I sat around for a couple of days for Dick to come back so I get an approval. So Dick comes back and I show it to him. I'm like, all happy, smiling. And there comes that vein again, you know, the red face. And he starts shaking. And I'm like, uh oh, something's either he's having a heart attack or I'm going to get screamed at again. And all of a sudden, what are you thinking? You're supposed to follow the brief. I told you to follow the brief. What is this crap? What is it? And he starts screaming. This was in a small little room where we looked at, uh, you know, it was it was literally a sweat box, mm-hmm. especially that day. <laughs> screaming and yelling, and people were looking up from their desks again, you know, and I'm just, oh, so embarrassed. And he said, you're supposed to look at the brief. This is what you're supposed to look at. There's no hopping. What is this? You're supposed to fall down the stairs. And, and oh, man. So I just... I still really liked it, and I said uh, I really wanted to show it to Bob because I thought it was better than him tripping down the stairs. Mm-hmm. So um, after Dick calmed down, I asked him if I could show Zemeckis, you know, and he he agreed. He says okay, and so I showed it to Zemeckis. Ken Ralston liked it. All the other guys liked it, mm-hmm. you know, um, Steve Starkey, all the people, Robert Watts, even, you know. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And Zemeckis, no, no, I want it. Yeah, I want it to fall. I want him to trip. I want him to fall. He's 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 a clumsy guy. I want him to fall down the stairs. Um, so I thought, oh, oh, okay. Well, at least I, at least you know, Dick gave me a chance to plead my case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that was good. But man, <laughs> it was. So you redid it then? Yeah, I yeah. redid it. Him tripping down the stairs, which was easier anyways, because he he tripped and he was pretty much out of the camera for most of it, uh, and then the yeah. scene cut. So I didn't have to do a extra work. I mm-hmm. just did that one. And, um, but yeah, that was um, that was pretty good. That uh, so let's see, we we got through that, at the, and then one of my final scenes was this huge long one with the golden gun and. He uh, hops in, and I, I do sort of my uh, homage to Chuck Jones in that one, where he's jumping across the screen and one of those Chuck Jones drawing faces, and he does all this. Oh yes, my dearest, I'd love to. Whatever he says. <laughs> Fifteen years later, I'd, I'd love to embrace you, but first I must satisfy my sense of moral outrage. And all that stuff, and that took me like three months to do all that because I had to do all the characters, the weasels, and Jessica, and I got to do a Jessica scene, uh-huh. and and I got the gun and all this. It was a little prop gun to to act out with and all that, and ah, that was that was great, and uh, I you know the ton of bricks and all that stuff, and I heard that you know Dick says, well, let's give this scene to Nick, give him a chance to shine, <laughs> and so it's like, oh, okay, okay, great. Um, so I, um, I I worked on that, and that was that was probably the the best thing. And after that, I think I did a couple of more scenes, one little Jessica scene. But after that, I was pretty much burned out. Yeah. Before I did that, though, this is where one of those humbling moments come up that I was talking about earlier. This new kid came into the studio as an in betweener. Oh, I think I know who the new kid is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he uh, he just. He, just fresh out of school. Local was, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he started to do, um, you know, clean up and stuff for, for people, Andreas and stuff. And Andreas said, hey, he, he, yeah. Um, okay, it's James Baxter, okay? <laughs> <laughs> 
And uh, James showed him some of his tests. He showed him this test he did at school. And he showed him a little thumper test, and Andreas was really impressed. So he started giving him little, you know, background characters to do, and, mm-hmm. and he started using them more and more. At one point, Don Hahn came into the studio and says, "Okay, we need the trailer. So these shots need to be done." And of course, my ton of brick shot was one of those shots that needed mm-hmm. to be done. And they said, "You got a week," and it was fourteen, fifteen feet. It was, of course, all on ones, and the camera was drifting, drifting out. Yeah, it was drifting out. So as he's walking, he had to slightly get smaller, mm-hmm. I think. And I just like, okay, so I got down. And at the same time, Andreas had a shot uh, that he was doing where Eddie was holding Roger Rabbit under the water. And Smartass comes in, the main weasel. And he says, oh, I'm going to hang you and your laundry out to dry. And then he leaves and Roger Rabbit comes up and spits water and says, I don't know how to repay you. And he gives him a big kiss and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like 50 feet. And Andreas says, there's no way I can do this animation. So what he did is he said, "I can I give uh, the weasel to, um, to James? So James had 24 feet of the weasel and Andreas had the other 24 feet mm-hmm. of Roger. James just went through that, and it was done in a week. 24 feet in a week. And it took me a week and a half to do 14 feet of mm-hmm. one character. Mm-hmm. You know, we both had one character, but I I couldn't get it done in a week. And I was struggling, and I was frustrated. And he did this great scene, looked beautiful, everything was perfect, you know. And uh, it was it was amazing. Yeah. And I just was about, I was about to get out of the business. <laughs> I, just, I can't I can't compete with somebody out of, just fresh out of school, you know. And I talked to Andreas and I said I can't believe it. And he says, well, you know, just keep going. You know, he encouraged me and mm-hmm. uh, and he said, you know, James had a lot of you know assistant help with that too. You know, and uh, you know whatever. I couldn't even do the two weasels on the side. They had to give that to somebody uh-huh. else. And so I finally got it done, and then I went back onto the big scene. Um, but I, I was about to throw in the towel, you know. And I remember one day there was, uh, I was working on that section because I had the, the part where he explodes through the uh, sewer pipe in the, uh, in the factory, and he's, ah, and then he lands, and it goes into the big scene, and then a ton of bricks and all that. Mm-hmm. But there was one scene in there where, where Greasy, one of the, the guy in the green coat, the weasel in the green coat, grabbed onto the ton of bricks and it was right. up there and that's when he, he cut it. Well, he grabbed on and James actually did that shot. This was uh, uh, about a month earlier and he, uh, he did it and he showed it to Dick. And I remember I was there and Dick just says, it's off model. And he went in and he went over all the drawings and he gave it back to James and said, you need to fix it. And he started to, to um, critique his animation as well. And I looked at James and said, hey, don't worry, man. This, you know, it happens to all of us. And he looked at me and he said, this will never happen again. Really? Yeah. Wow. And then, you Resolve. know, he painted a pentagram on the floor. And the next thing I know, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> his eyes started to glow. And no. Um, <laughs> so was he really serious when he said it? Yeah, he, he said, saying? he says, this, was, this, is, this is never going to happen again. And I, you know... Who knows? I mean, 
he just he had a, a drive, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, so you know, so from then on, he just I guess he just worked extra hard and um, focused on what he was doing, yeah. which is a good lesson for everyone, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And he became he became an inspiration at that studio. I mean, he was doing some of the best stuff. Anybody that can make people like drop their jaws over a foot on a pedal or a <laughs> hand on a stick shift. Really? I mean, they're going, Did you see that? This is great. It's a great scene. And we're, and you, you step back and you realize it's a hand on a mm-hmm. stick shift. Mm-hmm. It's a foot on a pedal, you know. And he was Eighteen? I don't know. He's two. I don't know what he was. <laughs> no, I he. Uh, I don't know what he. I can't remember. I guess he was eighteen or twenty. Yeah, eighteen yeah. or something yeah. like that. You know. But, but there's just there's there are people in this business that uh, that are naturals, mm-hmm. and there's some people who get there uh, with hard work, and there's some people who do hard work and never get there. Right. You know. There's yeah. whole different levels, and some people have to struggle. I personally have to struggle. I always had to struggle on that. Me I mean, like I said, James was an inspiration because I look at the work um, and it was fluid and I wanted to get that into my work. And even in 3D now, I still want to get that into my work. I yeah. still push to make it fluid. Mm-hmm. But in 2D, it was much. It was important to me. I mean, I felt like I had really good ideas for 2D. You know, that was one thing that was different for myself and James. For any animator, is your ideas and what you bring to the scene in in the way you act it. But um, there's also that level of convincing animation, believability, and just uh, you know visual quality that you need to put into your work. You know, some people would say, "Oh, well, you know," I say, "Well, that's not very good animation. Oh, it's a style." It's a style. <laughs> what? It's a crap as a style? Right, right. You know, you can still animate them well. A visual style, uh, you can make something as really graphic, mm-hmm. and but it can still move well. Right. That doesn't take away the fact that you need to have, you know, convincing animation and you know, that type of thing. But uh, but I still, I strive for, because a lot of my stuff was poppy and some of it, you know, sharp, a little too sharp. It didn't have enough flow to it and all mm-hmm. that. So. He inspired me to push myself in that direction and try to to work on the aspect of my work. And again, uh, you can either collapse and run away, or you can learn from it. Uh, you can't be too um, too cocky in this business. Yeah, you know, you have to you have to be willing to learn from anybody, even someone who's you know half your age. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to happen to me very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are people at the studio right now who are half my age. But anyways, so so that was that was a humbling experience, but it still it it pushed me and Yeah, but you got you did a lot of work and a lot of good work and I feel I feel like I did a lot of good work on on Roger Rabbit. I I feel that uh and Dick was a big help. He he was very supportive. Um there were times it was sort of a love-hate relationship. At times when he screamed at me, I couldn't stand him, you know. <laughs> I remember I did this one caricature of him as a potato. And underneath I wrote, Dick Tater. <laughs> he's never he never saw that. <laughs> but it was a way to get out my frustration, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so after that, uh, but uh, by the end of the film, we ended on good terms. And I've been on good terms ever since. That's and, good. And uh, last time I saw him, he's like, yeah, I've seen some of your work. I was very impressed with it. And so I felt good. It was almost like, you know, getting, uh, you know, acceptance from your dad. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. So to speak. I mean, Dick was like a friend of animators. He was great because he, uh, Don Hahn would say, I think this thing could be done on twos. 
he would walk away and Dick would go, don't listen to him. Animate it on ones. Do it on ones. You know. <laughs> it's the whole ones thing again. Yeah, well, you know, he was like, just do the best job. Do it. Do quality. Quality. Forget that stuff. Just do it. You know, so, okay. Okay. So, I, so yeah, I did my last scenes. I think my last scene was a Jessica reaction to uh, uh, Doom. On and off, off and on, all day and all night. And then you'd see Jessica look at Eddie like, uh-huh. Um, this guy's nuts. Um, I think that was sort of my last shot on the film, and and then I, I just I was so burned out because I was working day in and day out. Mm-hmm. I was at the studio like like at least six days a week, at least, and sometimes seven days a week, yeah. trying to trying to get this stuff done. It was it was a great experience though? I mean, oh man, they it was like Spielberg's uh, toy. He used to bring. All these celebrities would come through, you know, all these people that he'd say, hey, you want to see Roger Rabbit, you know, the production and all that? So he'd bring all these people through, you know. And I was sitting right next to the door, so there's nobody who got into that studio that I didn't know about. And every time I heard a voice that I didn't recognize, my head would peek up over to see who it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and one day I was just like sick with the flu, and I had to stay home. It was a Sunday, and he brought Lucas by. And so I missed Lucas. Mm-hmm. I did actually meet him. He was standing out in the hallway uh, at one because he wanted to talk to Dick. And he was there with Frank Marshall, and so I I just got a chance to say hi, but I didn't get a picture, which always bugged me, you know. Were you collecting pictures? Yeah, I had a camera. Everybody came in, I got a picture with. Yeah. Um, I got a picture with, you know, Jim Henson, with Christopher Lloyd, Bob Hoskins, uh, you know, the, the Frank Marshall, I, Zemeckis, all the, anybody who came through, That's you know. Cool. So I had all these these really cool pictures, and... Uh, and uh, people were laughing at me. So basically what happened with after that, I, I, I left the studio, I went back, started packing, and I was exhausted. So basically I was at, at my flat for like a month just sitting there watching snooker. With all the money you had saved. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was sitting there watching snooker on television, you know, just vegging for like a couple of weeks there. Mm-hmm. And they called me back. They said, we got a problem. we got this huge scene at the end where all the characters walk out. And I'm like, yeah, what about it? I'm tired. It's like, well, can you come back and do some, you know, more work on it? We need to get it out. And we, okay. So I, I, I went back, and basically what they had done is they split the whole this huge shot, which was like 500 frames or something like that. They split it up between four animators. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, so they gave me the layout, and there was the Warner Brothers characters. Like, yes, they had Sam the Sheepdog and all these things. Oh, cool, cool. So I got all my reference material and I started drawing Sam and I drew all this cool stuff and I started drawing out the layout and all this. And I, I was so proud of myself. Oh, I'm going to get to work on Warner Brothers characters. And I showed the layout. Is this, is this good? You know, show it to them. And they go, oh, no, you don't understand. Um, you, you get the next, you get the second hundred frames. Uh, the first hundred frames were done by this other animator. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Really? Uh-huh. So here it is. And they showed me the last key the animator had done. And I went, <gasps> and they were so poorly drawn. It was awful. I was crying. Oh, it was so sad. It's like, oh, that's it. What can I do with this except? You so you know, had to hook up to that. I had to hook up to that. And I saw the animation. It was really bad. And I'm like, okay. So I just did it. It's the worst animation. It's the only one and only time I sold out, you know, <laughs> I just did it. It's the worst stuff, and the only saving grace was that there was so much going on, and 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 Porky Pig was coming in, and uh-huh. I just you know I did like a, a, a the the ostrich from Fantasia. It was, it was so bad, it was so off model, it was horrible. 
was terrible. And they were just moving. They were so crappy. <laughs> and I just, I just did it and got out of there. And I said, oh, man. <laughs> if it wasn't for, you know, James Baxter's beautiful animation of the main characters walking out, which to me is like the best Jessica in the whole film is that last shot where she's walking out, you know, um, with Roger. But, uh, man, that's, that's just, um, that was the worst. And <laughs> after that, I just flew home to Canada. Actually, uh, uh, what I did is I, I flew home to Canada. But before that, I tried to make arrangements to meet with uh, John Musker and Ron Clements because I wanted to get transferred to Disney. Mm-hmm. James Baxter did the same thing. So we, we set, a, set up an uh, interview for, uh, for Disney. And uh, when we went to the uh, New York premiere for Roger Rabbit, mm-hmm. we also made, James and I, we traveled together and we, we met in New York and then we, we um, stayed with Andreas actually when we got out to L.A. so that we could um, get interviews at Disney. And that was like um, uh, July, end of June, right after the premiere of 88. Mm-hmm. And so um, we got hired at that point. For what show? For Little Mermaid. That concludes part three with Nick Ranieri. Since the last show, I've got a few voice messages, so let's get to those. Hi, uh, my name's Dave Allen. I'm 27 from the UK. Um, I've got this fantastic opportunity recently, thanks to my wife, to change my career, and I'm going to be studying digital animation at university in September. And I've always loved the traditional 2D medium, and I've been in preparation to my degree, been uh, studying and reading about all aspects of animation and its history. And it was such a delight to stumble across your podcast and hear from people that I've read about and seen their work um, and get some insight from uh, these fantastic individuals. Uh, I know you must put in a lot of hard work to create these podcasts and and I thank you for it. Um, It's been fantastic listening to it and keep up the great work and I look forward to hearing the next show. Thanks. Bye. Hey Dave, it was really great to get your call and all the way from the UK. I really appreciate the effort. And I want to say I think it's fantastic that your wife is supporting you in making a career change. I just think it's great and inspiring, and it's part of why I include these messages in the show. I was about halfway through college when I basically decided to drop out and give animation a try, and I know it was probably a scary choice for the people around me, but having their support was invaluable, and I'm glad to say that it was a great choice, and it's an awesome career, and it's totally rewarding. So Dave, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, hi, Clay. This is Dave Basulto from Filmmaking Central Podcast. I uh, just wanted to let you know I checked out uh, your latest animation podcast with Nick Renieri, I believe is, is how you pronounce it. But uh, it's my first time I checked out your podcast, and I thought it was absolutely fantastic, and I'm going to listen to them all. Uh, I'm a fledgling animator myself. Uh, of course, I don't have nearly the skills that I'm sure you or your compatriots have, but I love uh, animation, and... Um, I'm definitely going to tune into your show. I just wanted to let you know it was a job well done, and uh, you've got my support. So looking forward to uh, meeting you sometime on the um, Hollywood Podcast Association that we have. I hope you're well, and I look forward to meeting you sometime. Cheers. Hey, Dave, thanks for the call. I'll definitely give your podcast a listen. And, yeah, it would be great to say hi at the Hollywood Podcasters Association. So maybe I'll see you there sometime. And I wish you the best of luck with your animation. Thanks for calling. Hi, I really enjoyed your podcast, but I really think that you should cover more animation things such as digital and stop motion animation. I think that would be great, and so far so good. Keep up the good work. Bye. Absolutely. I'm planning on interviewing a lot of different people in the animation industry from different studios, so it'll just be a matter of time before I get to them. 
Hi, um, my name's Graham Ross. I live in San Francisco, and um, I'm basically just calling because I'm 27 years old, and I just enrolled at the Academy of Art out here to study animation. And it's really great to hear the stories that your two interviewees have presented and listen to what inspired them and use them to, in turn, inspire me. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing the podcast you have in the future. And uh, no suggestions. You're doing a great job. If anything, I would say that I'd really like to hear more about what 2D and 3D have in common and how they differ and what suggestions you can offer to 3D artists. I'm studying 3D animation right now at the Academy, and they're having me take a lot of 2D animation classes, which is something that I really didn't think to do. But uh, actually taking the 2D classes has really not only sharpened my drawing skills a lot, that and my life drawing classes, but it's really helped me to understand 3D animation more because of the freedom that I have with the, uh, with the pencil. Anyways, you're doing a great job. So, uh, yeah, hope there's more podcasts up there because I really want to hear them. So get to work. Bye. Hey, Graham, thanks for calling, and thanks for the nice things you have to say about the show. As far as what you're doing, I think it sounds great. Drawing and 2D animation are extremely important. And I think you'll be glad to hear that I recently ran into a friend who graduated from the Academy of Art in San Francisco, and his animation reel was really good. So I think they're teaching the right things, and if I were you, I'd just be really excited about the opportunity. And now's the time to just become an animation sponge and take in all you can. So thanks for calling, and good luck. Hi, Clay. My name is Kristen. I couldn't help noticing that all the people that you played who called were men, so I thought I would call in and represent uh, the female animators out there. Um, I came across your podcast just randomly on iTunes and have certainly enjoyed listening to all four of them on my train ride home. I just graduated from NYU's animation program where John Canemaker was our department head and um, it was certainly really amazing just learning from him and taking classes and he actually invited Andreas to come speak with us in April, which is really amazing. I uh, just want to encourage you to keep up the good work. I'm definitely going to recommend your podcast to um, my animation listserv at school and some of my coworkers. And um, good luck with your own personal stuff. Bye-bye. Hey, Kristen, thanks for the call. You know, I think you're right. Women are underrepresented in animation, so it's good to hear your voice. I am planning on interviewing some women in animation, so we can all look forward to that. And thanks for spreading the word about the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who called. If you'd like to give feedback, you can go to the website at www.animationpodcast.com. There you can comment on posts, or you can find my email, which is animationpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could always call the feedback hotline, which is area code 206-666-2668. And if you're in a foreign country and you can't call the number, you can always record your own message and email it to me at my email address. That's going to wrap it up for show number six. I appreciate you listening. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.